everyone, my name is Reese Barnett, and welcome to episode number two of Reese's Movie Night. It doesn't matter if it's day or night where you are, right now it's movie night. And tonight, we've got ourselves a new movie to discuss, Iron Man 1. So, Iron Man 1. That's a really old movie, considering we're in a time where Infinity War and Endgame have already passed us, and we're moving on to new Marvel classics such as WandaVision, and whatever may be coming out in the future. Well, I feel like it was a good time to step back and see where all the Marvel movies began. At, well, Iron Man 1. And I have to say, this movie is amazing for the time period. The suit looks real, the special effects are really well done, the story is amazing, and it still fits with what the comics had? Holy crap, this was a comic book nerd's fantasy in a movie! It's really incredible what Jon Favreau was able to accomplish with just some CGI and Robert Downey Jr.'s charm. So, why is this one of my favorite movies? Why is this on Reese's Movie Night? Well, first of all, I am a superhero nerd at heart. My dad raised me in the comic book ways, and his favorite hero was Iron Man. Mine was Deadpool, so we didn't have really the same tastes, but I did get to learn a lot about Iron Man and some of the things associated with Iron Man. So, whenever the first movie came out, of course, my dad and I saw it. Well, my dad saw it. I didn't see it until 2017, but that doesn't matter here. Iron Man 1 is a classic superhero movie. It's just like the old Superman movies back in the day, but with just a small amount of CGI and a storyline that lasts a decade, here is Iron Man 1. Here's a rundown of the uh, statistics on Iron Man 1. It was directed by John Favreau. It stars Jeff Bridges, Robert Downey Jr., of course, Gwyneth Paltrow, Leslie Bibb, Terrence Howard, Saeed Bedrea, Paul Bettany, Peter Billingsley, Clark Gregg, Bill Smitrovich, Farin Tahir, and Sean Taub. The release date was the 2nd of May, 2008, and has a runtime of 2 hours and 6 minutes. The movie follows Tony Stark, the titular Iron Man, as he slowly realizes that he isn't this playboy billionaire jerk-off. Instead, he finds himself being a hero. It all begins with him taking a ride in a Humvee through the desert whenever he's attacked by a group of terrorists called the Ten Rings. From there, he gets captured and ends up with a bunch of shrapnel in his chest. A doctor then saves him with an electromagnet powered by a car battery, and soon they build a suit in a cave with a pile of scraps, as the movie will continue to remind you. Tony Stark then ends up becoming the titular Iron Man, and has to face a couple of dilemmas of does he want to continue his life how it was before, or does he want to become this hero that he sees himself as? The movie feels like a superhero movie. Its mood is jovial and sarcastic while still taking serious topics such as terrorism and corrupt businessmen. It's really a fascinating storyline, seeing how Tony ends up adapting from this 
playboy, from this jerk, from this sarcastic, huge, big deal, to suddenly having all of these things that he was used to torn down around him, all while his assistant is trying to play catch-up on everything that he's feeling. It really is a great movie. Now, would I classify this as one of my favorite movies of all time? That's a difficult one for me to choose, considering that I love a lot of the Marvel movies that have come out. I mean, this is but one drop in the bucket. However, I think it's a little bit more than that. I think it actually is probably the quintessential Marvel movie. It still sticks to some of the rules, but at the same time, it breaks a lot of the superhero rules that people were used to in that time period. And so, on one hand, I do think it is one of my favorite movies, but would I say that it is my favorite Marvel movie of all time? No. But it's really high on that list. The movie is really a different kind of movie altogether, though. While it does follow the superhero trend, it really does focus less on the superhero aspect of it and more of the building of a superhero. It shows just what it takes for somebody to have everything around them snap and have to build it back up from nothing. The movie feels like a superhero origin story. It feels like every single first scene of Batman where his parents die, except for instead of it being 20 minutes, it's the whole movie. And it really does set up Tony Stark for the rest of the Marvel series. The general feel of the film is futuristic, but also still kind of modern. It not only does it have Tony building a suit out of basically scrap and then going home and building an even better suit, the technology does feel like it's from a different time. But it also still feels like it's somewhat possible, even by 2008 standards. If somebody had the technology that Tony Stark did at the time, they'd be able to accomplish a similar feat, possibly. Well... Barring a couple of things such as the laws of physics, of course. I mean, we're getting to the point where a suit might be wearable for a person to fly around in, but uh, it, it's taking a little bit, and not to the extents that Tony is able to wield in the beginning of the film. The fight scenes are really well choreographed, with uh, especially the final showdown between Tony and Warmonger. Uh... That fight scene feels like it's well put together, and it even has a Chekhov's shotgun at the end of it. Really is just a wonderful movie. Robert Downey Jr. is the perfect fit for Tony Stark. I cannot stress this enough. If there was ever somebody to play Tony Stark from the comics, it was Robert Downey Jr. He was born for the role. Not only does... Not only did he replace Tony Stark's image, he's more than that now. He will forever be the image of Tony Stark. And I cannot imagine Tony Stark in any other way than Robert Downey Jr. The movie is fast-paced. It's constantly moving from shot to shot. It always seems to have something else to show the viewer. It always is changing from scene to scene to scene to scene to scene. 
eventually that does get a bit overwhelming as it has a lot of information that it has to dump on you. But the way that it presents the information is in bite-sized chunks. The reason why it's constantly shifting scenes is because it has so much to show you in such little bits. And really, it works to its advantage. There's a lot of information that's required to understand the whole Iron Man origin story. And so you pretty much have no choice but to just constantly rapid fire get through each of the areas. But once you get down to the final fight, everything is understood and it all works out pretty well. In fact, I'd say that the final fight of it is probably one of the best climaxes that you could have come up with in order to have an Iron Man movie. I mean, besides possibly having him fight, I don't know, Whiplash or something, but he does that in the second movie, so it's not that big of a deal. So, the movie is fast-paced, so of course the music needs to be fast-paced, and oh boy did they make a good choice on the music. The music choice fits Tony Stark to a T. It's rock and roll. Not just any rock and roll, but I am Iron Man as the theme. And oh, it hits just perfectly. Let me tell you, whenever I first watched that movie and I heard the burn, dun, 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 kick in during the suit being formed together, oh, that was great. Especially during the credits. The credits is great. And all of the different things that they use to accentuate Iron Man is, gah, it's great. It really is. The music choice is just perfect. It screams Tony Stark. It screams Iron Man. And it just plays off to his arrogance so much better. Tony Stark doesn't start off as the kind Iron Man. He, he has to work his way up to that through traumatic events as well as his company basically falling apart from underneath him. And it's a really difficult thing for him to, to face up to. So having the music f feature this, feature this really arrogant rock music to begin with, as it slowly goes into more cinematic music as time goes on, it plays to Tony Stark's authenticity and his ex eccentricity as well. The movie is edited in a way to provide well-timed comedy as well, and feel-good moments mixed in with some serious and extreme battles. There's one segment where uh, Iron Man is flying around a couple of fighter jets, and he's trying to deal both with his best friend talking to him over the phone and also with avoiding being shot by fighter jets. It's comedic, but it's also intense at the same time. You have to watch basically Tony juggle these two tasks, and it comes out to a fairly well-done scene. So... We've talked about the general feel of the film, we've talked about some of the editing and pacing, let's talk about the special effects, and let me tell you, that is the main focus of this movie. The special effects are amazing. If I was to sit down and try to produce some of these CGI effects, it would take me years. It would take me an eternity, because some of these effects are so extremely well done. It's not just that the effects are complicated, which they are. It's because they took it an extra step. They made the suit look real. They made it blend in within the environment so well that it looks like an actual physical prop. Even the mask closing over Tony's face looks real. 
every single second of the movie looks real with that suit. Well, I say that. There are one or two areas in the movie where the suit looks a little eh, specifically through the flying scenes, but really, it's so unnoticeable, to be honest, that it's not even worth bringing up at this point. The suit is the movie. The suit is the movie. It's incredible. I absolutely love the suit in that movie. The CGI is so well done, and it works perfectly to present Iron Man to an audience that really didn't know a lot about Marvel. And that's where this movie's brilliance shines. It takes a character that if you weren't a comic fan, you wouldn't immediately know who they were. In fact, if you weren't a, a fan of Marvel Comics, you probably didn't even know what this movie was about. But it shows this character in such a way that he is immediately recognizable to this day. Infinity War, Endgame, he is such a big part of both of these movies, and it's because of Iron Man 1 that we see him in the light that he is at the end. The Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't, isn't a bunch of superhero movies stitched together. It's more like the story of Tony Stark. It starts with Iron Man 1, and it ends with Endgame, and continues on from there. It's really just a long story all about the effects that one man had on so many different people's lives. Some for good, some for bad. You have, in the case of Iron Man, or not Iron Man, bleh. you have, in the case of, in Avengers, whenever he saves the day, saves the people of New York City, but in, to contrast that, you have the story of Wanda Maximoff and the Scarlet Witch, whose brother and, and her were trapped while a bomb made by Tony Stark ticked down in front of her. And then she has to deal with many other problems that Tony Stark honestly kind of had a hand in. So you do have two aspects of Tony Stark in this series. And it all stems from the first movie, where Tony himself has to contend with both factors of himself. He has to deal with this entrepreneurial jackass that he was before, but then he also has to contend with his new conscience that he has found after being captured by terrorists. The duplicity of this film is amazing and i realize that i've run out of words to describe films and it's only the second episode but i really can't help it whenever i say that i am dumbfounded by these two movies i presented by alien and by iron man both of these movies are great and i'm sure that as the series goes on i'm going to find some better words to describe things and that maybe i sound a bit like a broken record right now but Whenever I say that a movie is amazing, I mean it. It takes a lot to impress me whenever it comes to media. I've seen a lot of movies that aren't very good. I've seen a lot of videos that are put out nowadays that also aren't very good. So whenever I see something that legitimately makes me sit down and go, this was made in 2008? It, it knocks me off my feet. It knocks my socks off in the most literal sense. I'm sitting here watching a movie that, to be honest, looks like it was made nowadays. 
Iron Man 1 holds up surprisingly well in comparison to some of the CGI done nowadays. I mean, sure, put Jon Favreau in front of a more modern-day special effects, and you get Spider-Man Homecoming, which is another amazing movie. But at the same time, you put him in front of Iron Man, Iron Man 1, and he still manages to move me with such an amazing special effects and movie and plot that it is insane. So, let's talk about some of the high points and low points. One of my favorite parts about this movie is the flyabout scene. The first scene where Tony really gets to try out the suit. And I've never been more jealous of a man in my entire life than seeing Tony fly around in the sky with a suit. And of course, he pulls an Icarus, flies a bit too high, the suit gets frosty yada 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 but whenever i see him flying around in that it makes me wish that that technology was available today and it's not and that sucks all right future people listening to this podcast 2 26 2021 february 26 2021 this is right now re-speaking hi how are you doing i hope you have iron man suit technology in the future if you don't that sucks. But if you do, uh, could you please send me a suit of that? I will not pay for it, but I will be very happy if you could send it to me. The low points of this movie, uh, perhaps one of the very few times that a deus ex machina really shows its head, is whenever, whenever you run into a... One of the big deus ex machinas in this movie is Rhodey, and uh, I hate to say that because Rhodey is a great character, but he really seems to show up at just the perfect time to make sure that Tony is okay. There's always just a single instance in which Tony's just on the brink of going, oh no, this might be bad, and then Rhodey shows up and everything's fixed. I get that that's kind of what his character is supposed to be in the first place, but eh, it just... Rhodey's character is way more improved later on with Don Cheadle, in my opinion. So, last time, I mentioned Jones the Cat in my Alien 1 podcast, so let's talk about my favorite character in Iron Man 1. It's an obscure character that I'm not sure a lot of you know about. It's called Dummy. Now, at first you might think, oh, well, that's kind of a mean name to give a robot. Well, that's the thing. It's his robotic assistant that holds the fire extinguisher. Now, that's an obscure character to think about until you realize that he is all throughout Iron Man 1. He even makes a couple of appearances in some of the other Iron Man movies. It's him that ends up giving... It's, it's Dummy who ends up giving Tony his arc reactor at the end of the film. It's Dummy who ends up setting out Tony. It's Dummy who interacts with Tony as he's building the suit. Dummy is one of my favorite characters, and here's, here's why. Dummy somehow, as an emotionless robot, manages to portray so much sassiness that you might think that he was acted by a human actor. It's 
hilarious throughout the entirety of the film. Every once in a while, just seeing Dummy in the background doing something. I, I, I'll tell you the extent to which he is my favorite character. I actually own an Iron Man Lego set, and the Lego set comes with a Dummy minifigure. You actually get to put it together. That's how much of a character this is. This robot in the background who holds a fire extinguisher has a name, has a Wikipedia article, has a lot of things going for it, and it's just a side character. <laughs> I, I don't know how to put into words just how silly that is, but honestly, it gives me a huge respect for Dummy. One that I feel like a lot of people need to have, considering that if it wasn't for Dummy then Endgame wouldn't have happened. Like, just think about it here, all right? If Iron Man had died because of not being able to get the arc reactor, because Dummy ends up giving it to him, then in Endgame, he wouldn't be able to stop Thanos. Also, a lot of other things wouldn't happen, such as Ultron being a thing, and uh, various other plot details but that that's besides the point what's more important is is that dummy single-handedly saved the universe all by himself all just by handing tony the arced reactor so whenever you see that final scene of endgame where tony saves the world just sit down and remember that if it wasn't for an articulated robot that has a fire extinguisher he wouldn't be there in order to save the world so, here's what we've all talked about this episode. We talked about the general feel, we talked about the editing and pacing of the film, and we also talked about the special effects and my personal favorite character, Dummy. So let's get to the rating of this movie. <sighs> this is a hard one for me. Because, on one hand, I want to give it a really high rating because of the CGI that they were able to accomplish in 2008, as well as the writing of the film, the acting in the film, the, the portrayal of Iron Man by Robert Downey Jr. All of it's so really great. But there's just one or two scenes that, that really just don't work for me very well. And a couple of characters that I don't like very much. So as much as it pains me to give it, I have to give it a 7 out of 10. And here's why. Though Jon Favreau was able to create such amazing effects and such an amazing portrayal of Iron Man, there are some other portrayals of some characters that are a little dry, that seem almost not put together very well. But, I think that they are so minor of a detail that in reality it doesn't affect the movie very much. So thus, I only took off one point in order to for it to get a 7 out of 10. The reason why I didn't give it a 10 out of 10 is because that a movie has to have a very specific thing in order for me to give it a 10 out of 10. And it, I didn't discuss it in my previous episode, but I think this is a good time to discuss it now. What would I do to give a movie a general rating 10 out of 10? A movie has to have something that makes it stand out from other movies. It needs to be unique. 
It needs to be something that I've never seen before. Something that it's impossible for me to even comprehend how they managed to pull that off in a movie. And I can think of a couple of movies that I will be talking about on the podcast later on. Specifically, well, actually, I don't want to get into specifics of what the uh, what movies they may be. Spoilers and whatnot. So you'll just have to keep listening in order to find out what movies I might be talking about that could possibly get a rating 10 out of 10 whenever I've talked about two movies that I've claimed are some of my favorite movies. How on earth could both of these movies not make a 10 out of 10? That's because we've got some really good movies coming up down the line. So let's wrap things up here. We talked about the general feel of the film. It's constantly moving forward, it's fast-paced, it talks about serious topics while still cracking a sarcastic joke every once in a while. The fight scenes are well made, and Robert Downey Jr. is a heartthrob perfect person to play Tony Stark. The music choice is perfectly fitting of Tony Stark. The movie is edited in a way to provide well-timed comedy and feel-good moments mixed with serious and extreme bat battles. The suit is amazing. The CGI is really well done. It has some really good high points and some eh, low points. And Dummy is still my favorite character. Again, gave it a general rating, a 7 out of 10. So, that's about all time we got this evening, folks. Go grab a good night's rest and join us next episode. We'll be having a special guest join us. Until then, I'm Luke Smartette. This is the Good night!